1920. Uh, having been formed, I think, in 1916 or so, uh, the last time they said, uh, hey, was 1920. I mean, just chew on that. And I guess it shouldn't be surprising uh, for a union named uh, the South African Society of Banking Officials. Uh, you seldom hear of banking officials uh, hitting the road. But um, shifting our attention now on, into one company, uh, in the uh, banking sector, and that is Nedbank, uh, whose CEO, Mike Brown, uh, said South Africa is running out of time and money and urgently needs to address the dire situation caused by its SOEs, in particular ESCOM, or risk experiencing even slower growth. And this uh, on the back of uh, the results that they announced earlier on today, uh, which uh, saw the uh, headline earnings uh, per share growing by 3.7% uh, in the six months. And, uh, of course, uh, all of this, I guess, uh, challenged uh, by a constrained uh, household spending environment and uh, some difficulties there. But uh, despite that, uh, they were also able to declare a dividend. And uh, joining me to talk about uh, this uh, set of numbers, I'm joined by the uh, Chief Operating Officer, um, Fundong Kutlum. Shekhazwam, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, thank you, sir. Uh, let's maybe start off, I guess, uh, uh, with the, those numbers and we'll come back to the macro picture and uh, some of the uh, uh, things that came out strongly here from uh, this uh, set of results uh, where you say, of course, South Africa is at a critical economic juncture, uh, but uh, seemingly also for you as a company, a critical juncture here uh, when we think about the structural transformation that's happening in your own industry. We saw you uh, introducing uh, to us on social media towards the end of last week your a new robot there, which, uh, of course, uh, I must say was something very interesting for people to, to, to see on the streets of South Africa. But also revenue up uh, for the last six months or so, 5.5% at uh, $27.7 If you were to write home about uh, this particular, the story of the last six months or so, uh, what would you pick out? I would certainly say it was a resilient performance in very challenging uh, macro conditions. We, we can see that uh, if you look at um, headline earnings growth for the group as a whole at 2.6%. Um, we pleased about that number, even though uh, it would be on the low side, but we're very pleased in the context in which the result was uh, uh, was obtained. Mm. If you do the breakdown of that, our major frontline businesses, as in uh, Retail and business banking and uh, corporate investment banking, they respectively grew earnings at um, uh, 0.1% and 0.3%, mm. which actually does underscore um, the slowdown and headwinds that uh, we've been experiencing in the market. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, w- when you look, I guess, at uh, these numbers here, your, your revenue growing much faster than uh, your underlying cost base. I'm quite interested in some of the things that you've done, uh, uh, you know, over the last few quarters or so to get yourself in that kind of position. And uh, more importantly, going forward, uh, some of your initiatives around digitization, what impact are those going to have on your underlying costs? Well, from a cost point of view, we've been really judicious uh, with uh, our um, spending, particularly with respect um, to uh, variable costs as well as uh, variable pay. So that is where we would have uh, adjusted. But we've been uh, prudent in ensuring that we continue to invest for the future of the franchise and therefore the digital and investment-related costs we continue to implement those in line with our overall strategy. Mm. That talks to the point you're raising, because what really we're experiencing and going through is a major change in the banking landscape, 
as we respond uh, to changing consumer behavior, changing uh, requirement of clients, uh, increasingly as we see um, digital interface taking place in the market, as banking sector we've got to provide the underlying uh, financial platforms through which these transactions are processed. Okay. I'd like us to pause there for a second uh, while we take a quick uh, spot break, but also invite some of our listeners uh, who'd like to weigh in on this conversation to give us a ring on 089-110-3377. Also going to be checking out some of those tweets, so do send those through on uh, at MetroFMSA using the hashtag MetroFMTalk. Let's take this brief break, and on the other side, we continue with uh, the Chief Operating Officer at Nedbank, Mfundong Gushu, and we're taking a look at uh, the uh, interim results uh, for the last six months or so, uh, the uh, six months ending uh, the 30th of June, and of course also revising downwards their forecast of our macro picture and uh, downwards from 1.3% to 0.5% for the year 2019. Seven minutes it is now before 8 p.m. and uh, we're taking a look at the results and uh, some of the commentary around uh, these uh, results from uh, Nedbank. And I'm joined uh, on the line by Chief Operating Officer at Nedbank, Mfundo Ngushu, uh, to talk about uh, this uh, set of uh, results. Now, uh, Mr. Ngushu, before I started uh, our conversation this evening, one of the things I touched on was that uh, looming strike on the part of uh, SASPO. And uh, uh, with uh, some of the announcements of retrenchments having come uh, from uh, many of your own competitors, I don't recall hearing anything to that effect from uh, Nedbank, but I stand to be corrected. Um, what, what do you make of, uh, I guess, uh, uh, some of the layoffs and the retrenchments that uh, many people would suggest are an inevitable part of the structural change and transformation that's happening in your sector. And uh, more importantly, uh, I guess uh, what is to be said about uh, what needs to happen when it comes to reskilling and retooling some of the people whose uh, work had historically been repetitive tasks that are now said to be, uh, I guess, replaced by some of the robots, much like the one you introduced last week. Yes, indeed. You're correct in the observation that we've not uh, announced a retrenchment program. We do not specifically have one. Um, But we are doing um, restructures um, where we're taking the bottom end, uh, 10,000 accounts from the bottom end of our business banking into relationship management in the retail business. When you do a restructure of that kind of necessity, you've got to consult with affected staff, and that is essentially what has happened here. We found a placement for the 1,400 of the staff affected in that restructure, and we're now in the process of dealing with the staff of between 50 and 100 that we would seek to find a final placement for those. Mm. And, um, uh, of course, the larger backdrop of your question is the digital transformation that banking sector is going through yes. and uh, the consequences of that on uh, the ways of work in the, in the modern world and uh, the skill set that are required to go with that. Mm. You're correct in the observation that increasingly repetitive and monotonous tasks will largely be done by um, robotics and computers because they are really looking for precision and uh, and, uh, and uh, throughput. The focus of human beings is on higher value added services as well as client service because that is where we can make a big difference in the quality of 
experiences that our clients enjoy in the services that we deliver. Mm. That means alongside technology, digital investment, there is an intensified program of reskilling, retooling, providing people with the wherewithal and capability to make the migration. Essentially, what's happening here is that there are old jobs that will become redundant over time and new jobs that will be created in the market. Mm. And, and as a responsible employer, it is our obligation to make sure that we give our people the necessary support to acquire the new skills that allow them to make the migration and continue to lead meaningful lives. Mm. It would uh, be counterproductive to our interests as a company to make progress whilst leaving our workforce behind. And, and I guess I'm clear, the one issue, uh, so I guess that's the one side, which, uh, you know, is how uh, the potential of displacement for many workers is, is a reality that is no longer a looming one, but uh, it might be, I guess, a material one very, very soon for many of those in the banking sector. But the other uh, structural change that we're seeing is the, this uh, transition uh, to, towards, uh, I guess, uh, making mainstream much of the fintech uh, that has been on the margins of the banking sector for a very long period of time. Uh, w- when you look at uh, the um, you know, consumer proposition of Nedbank alongside some of the new upstarts uh, who have promised to come in and take some of your lunch. Um, yep. uh, uh, h- how do you respond to that? And uh, more importantly, uh, what is it about uh, you know, you, your bank, which has uh, committed to digital, uh, that is going to distinguish you from some of the newer guys uh, who are making quite a lot of noise? Very good question. What are the sources of competitiveness? That's yeah. essentially the question. Mm. Two, principally, one is a scale. We get scale from an existing client base. You also get scale from um, access to data. And it's a combination of, uh, of data and access to clients and how you use that data intelligently in order now to discern uh, consumption trends, uh, client requirements, and use artificial intelligence essentially in order to be more predictive about uh, client requirements and seek to provide those services even before the client expects. Mm. Now, uh, so we would have a base to start from as an existing large corporate in the market. We certainly do see new players coming in with what I would call essentially a digital DNA. They Mm. have no legacy to think of. And the intention is that they would raise... uh, uh, levels of competitiveness because they would enter the market uh, uh, at lower cost curve. What we've seen is that uh, certainly, whilst um, a couple of them have launched themselves in the market, the volumes are not that strong to make a difference at this point in time. Uh, we do see this as a trend in the future. What we're doing on our side is the reason we in making all of these investments on our uh, digital solutions we've deployed into the market in award-winning uh, uh, market-leading uh, banking app. Mm. We also, alongside that, enlisting now uh, and enrolling our new clients on a program that we call Eclipse, which is really a digital uh, enlisting of new clients, making sure that you take friction out of their interaction with the bank, you enroll clients only mm. once and then give them a drop-down capability to continue to transact with us across a suite of yeah. products that they would choose uh, to to use. And uh, we do think that this is the overall direction of travel with respect uh, to, to banking. Mm. 
You are pointing out that um, this uh, is coming to financial services. We do think that um, the traditional banking value chain is, in a sense, being split up. You see fintechs coming in. You see telcos also seeking to play in this space. And even grocery retailers, yeah. Yeah, and mm. in some respects, these will be competitors, direct competitors. In mm. other respects, they will be collaborators as the landscape changes over time. Yeah. I do think that ultimately we've got to anticipate that uh, platform businesses is what will emerge sure. here. And once a platform business has scale, it then has the potential and possibility of tipping mm. an industry and generating sure. new value. And so uh, in that context, we then think also of non-traditional banking services that could be offered. Non-traditional banking services that could be offered. Non-traditional banking services that could be offered. Traditional banking services that could be offered. That could be offered also of non-traditional banking services that could be offered of non-traditional banking services that could be offered non-traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be that could be offered so of non-traditional banking services that could be offered non-traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered also of non-traditional banking services that could be offered of non-traditional banking services that could be offered non-traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services traditional banking that could be offered so of non-traditional banking services that could be offered non-traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered be offered banking services that could be offered of non-traditional banking services that could be offered non-traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered traditional banking services that could be offered